This is episode 10, Feelings. Did you know that you can have a great relationship with your adult children even if you have faith differences? My name is Candace Clark. I'm a mom, a professional certified life coach with advanced certification in faith based coaching, and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. If you're willing to make more room for difference in your family and your church, I can show you how. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Today, we're talking about feeling our feelings. I attended a conference recently where this was the topic. I want to share some of what I learned there and over the past few years from my teacher, Brooke Castillo, at the Life Coach School, other teachers, and some reading I've done as I've been learning how to feel my emotions in my body instead of pretending they aren't there or covering them up with things like cookies, chocolate, or ice cream. Let's say it's a work in process. But here's what I've noticed when I am more willing to experience unpleasant emotion, really experience it, not mask it or push it away, I suffer less, even through painful experiences. A lot of us have been taught how not to feel our emotions. Instead, we throw tantrums or overeat or pretend we're not angry or sad or afraid. As Brooke Castillo has said, the secret to a full capacity life is the ability to feel the realm of human emotion. We can get to that concept from a couple of scriptures, too. In 2 Nephi chapter 2, verse 25, we're told, Men are that they might have joy. Earlier in the same chapter, verse 11, It must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. It quite literally changed my life when I decided to believe that our emotional lives are 50 50, half amazing and half a mess. It isn't the exact number that's important. What's important is the idea that when we are sad or angry or afraid, nothing has gone wrong. These are all part of the human experience. We are meant to be happy and experience joy, but we aren't meant to be happy all the time. In order to have the full capacity of the human experience, we have to increase our current ability to experience both joy and pain. I think this is both good and bad news. It's bad news because we aren't going to be getting rid of negative emotion, possibly ever. It's good news, too, though, because once we stop feeling bad about not feeling good all the time, We relieve ourselves of a heavy layer of optional suffering that can be piled on top of the real pain that is part of mortal life. Have you ever added to your own suffering by arguing with reality and kicking against the pricks? I will tell you about a time I did that a little later. A lot of us not only avoid or buffer our emotions, but we build a life that attempts to minimize negative opportunity. This might look like avoiding having honest conversations with our children where we really listen to what they think and feel that's different from our own beliefs and experience. Or it might look like showing up at church pretending all is well so we won't be noticed for disagreeing with something in a way that might upset someone. It can sound pretty nice to say we don't want to cause contention, but we're living a lie if we're so busy avoiding shame that we can't be ourselves authentically. There are times that it's appropriate to respectfully disagree rather than hide. 
It's important to know why you're not speaking up and to like that reason. The funny thing about hiding from our emotions is that these are the consequences. Boredom, restlessness, purposelessness, shame about the things you could be doing but are not, not truly knowing yourself and what you could contribute, despair, disappointment. Notice that these are the very things we're sometimes avoiding or trying to avoid. I thought about starting this podcast, No Empty Chairs, for about a year. There are some reasons that I like for why I didn't start publishing until August 2023. And mixed in with those are some reasons I don't respect, including fear of being judged by family, friends, and strangers, and fear of shame or embarrassment for any missteps I might take. It was a classic case of experiencing the suffering of negative emotions in advance in the process of trying to avoid them. Suffering is avoidance and resistance to feeling. We have a lot of beliefs about emotions, some more helpful than others. Here are some you might have encountered or even adopted. I should not have to experience my kid's faith transition. Negative emotion is bad. The less we notice of emotions, the better. Circumstances I don't want are bad. For example, my kids not coming to church is bad. I'm supposed to be at peace and happy. This one is the biggest lie that causes the most suffering. There are negative things in the world on purpose. Everybody else's family is happy on social media. The goal is to have the world be good all the time. I should be better. I've talked about this last one on the podcast before. If you want to listen to that talk, refer back to episode six on grace. You do not have to be better in this moment. What if this is enough, whatever you think right now and however you feel? So what is the point of your life if it isn't to feel good all the time? Joseph Smith famously said, Happiness is the object and design of our existence, and will be the end thereof if we pursue the path that leads to it. And this path is virtue, uprightness, faithfulness, holiness, and keeping all the commandments of God. That's all well and good as far as it goes, but somewhere along the way, we decided that we were supposed to be happy all the time, and if we aren't, then there's something wrong with us. I just don't believe that's what Joseph meant. If we expect to feel happy all the time and then we aren't, we feel disappointed at a minimum. Do you know what that feels like in your body? Are you willing to experience disappointment? To experience all your emotions and know your full capacity? Are you ready to influence your children and the rest of the world by changing yourself so others can see you and have the courage to grow too? Here are a couple of different thoughts you might want to cultivate belief in. I am open to any and all emotion. I know how to feel horror, humiliation, embarrassment, gratitude, admiration, joy. What if you were so good at feeling that even negative emotion isn't difficult for you? Can you imagine sitting in a difficult conversation with your child and just giving your awareness over to how you felt in your body without trying to pretend or shut it down, without reacting and lashing out, 
just being with the experience without trying to control your child so the feelings would stop coming. That's some power right there. That's emotional strength. I want to tell you how coaching changed my life. When my second youngest child turned 18, my two youngest children both stopped coming to my parenting time. I was bereft and panicked. I had all kinds of beliefs. This should not be happening. My daughter is missing out on time with me. I am missing out on time with my daughter. I churned in this misery for a year. Initially, I contemplated legal action. Eventually, I realized that unless I was willing to tie down a 14-year-old, she could always just walk back out the door. And still, I suffered. This should not be happening. But it was happening, and my resistance to it only made me feel worse as I was trying to change everything around me so I could feel better. I didn't feel better. I didn't feel better until I got coaching and realized that I didn't have to suffer so much. Some of my pain was clean and I wanted to keep it. I wanted to feel sad and disappointed that life didn't look like what I'd hoped for me and my daughter during her high school years. But I didn't want to feel despondent and powerless. Some of what I was feeling was an additional layer of suffering that I kept regenerating by placing myself in the role of a victim. My coach helped me see that whatever the truth was, I was only hurting myself by thinking things should be different than they were. I decided to work on believing that nothing has gone wrong and that my daughter has everything she needs. It turns out that I already believed that as a position of faith. I believed that if in the long run there was something my daughter truly needed for her journey through life, she would have it. And she still had me whenever she wanted to turn in my direction. Seeking relief from feeling causes suffering. I kept trying to get rid of my sadness by insisting things change that were beyond my power to control. Once I embraced that I felt sad and was willing to experience feeling disappointment, I let go of the additional suffering and misery I had been piling on top. That's emotional strength. Emotional strength isn't getting good at pretending everything's okay when you experience unpleasant emotion. It isn't running away from feelings by doing lots of things, calling your child's bishop or ministering brothers and sisters, talking about them with others, trying to change them. If you could just hit on the right action to take, send them the right talk or book or podcast. It isn't trying to control your children to make them be different than they are to avoid the feeling. Emotional strength isn't being cold or numb or indifferent. It isn't becoming a good fighter of emotions. It isn't becoming reactive or over-emotional in outward display. And emotional strength isn't thought manipulation by trying to change your thoughts about your children and their choices without emotional processing. Lisa Feldman Barrett is a neuroscientist who wrote a book called How Emotions Are Made, where she proposes a theory of constructed emotion that says, although we seem to experience emotions as if they were fixed components of our biological nature, they aren't actually triggered. She says, quote, you create them. 
They emerge as a combination of the physical properties of your body, a flexible brain that wires itself to whatever environment it develops in, and your culture and upbringing, which provide that environment. Later, she defines an emotion as your brain's creation of what your bodily sensations mean. And she says, emotions are not reactions to the world. You are not a passive receiver of sensory input, but an active constructor of your emotions. So emotional strength involves understanding what an emotion is. It's just a sensation in your body and the meaning your brain makes of that sensation. And knowing what causes our emotion, often our thoughts create our feelings. Emotional strength involves tuning into the body with ease, no matter the emotion, and not using emotion against yourself or others, not judging yourself for having them. Emotional strength includes seeking emotional truth and not buffering. Being in the presence of the truth of my actual life right now, this is really what it feels to be like me today. Emotional strength is embracing all emotions and creating a life that invites all emotions. So ask yourself, what emotions are you most afraid of? What emotions are you least skilled at feeling? One that comes up a lot for parents whose kids don't come to church is disappointment. I have been known to say, nobody needs your disappointment. People need your encouragement. But as I've been thinking about this willingness to experience emotions, I'm inclined to modify that statement. Nobody needs your disappointment except for you. You need to allow yourself to feel disappointment when you feel disappointed. Just remember that you aren't disappointed because of your children. You're disappointed because of your own thoughts and expectations. What if these emotions are superpowers? What if, since there's opposition in all things, these emotions are the tools for life? My teacher, Brooke, often says, discomfort is the currency of your dreams. Our willingness to experience discomfort is our ticket to improved relationships with our children. It's a messy process. We have to show up honestly enough to expose our flaws and humiliations instead of guessing at them and avoiding them ahead of time by hiding from them. How would your life be different if your emotional strength were higher? So how do you increase your ability to feel? More feeling more often. Just start paying attention to it. Feeling is not exhausting. Suffering is exhausting. If you're tired, check in with yourself about what you're hiding from. Become the watcher of your thoughts and your emotions. Notice when you feel shame, blame, or self-pity, or any other emotion. Watch yourself and how it changes how you interact with other people. You can know that your emotion is created by your thinking without being in a hurry to change it. Be willing to experience the emotion. Observing it helps the brain sift through it and shifts the emotional charge. My youngest daughter is 18 now. She pops in for a few minutes whenever she feels inclined. We have dinner together weekly. It doesn't look anything like I thought it would. Nevertheless, 
there are no empty chairs. Hey there, if you enjoy this podcast, or even if you just find that it piques your curiosity or makes you think, please follow it and share it with your friends. Your rating and review makes it easier for others to find the podcast. If you'd like to find more from me, the coach for moms whose kids don't come to church, please go to my website, CandiceClarkCoaching.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Candace Clark Coaching. Thanks for listening.